This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup, just like a front three of Reese, Keane and Frockyar, right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Grey and gloomy Monday, but you're caught up with the action from the Big Brother house. And Friday night, the buzz is still there. Still on cloud nine here, aren't we? Yeah. I was heavily critical of the Friday night game. So, because it just messes up your, your whole weekend, doesn't it? Like, you you normally plan to go on North End on a Saturday and you can have a few pints on a Friday night. And, you know, you, you've got that schedule there normally. But when North End are playing on the Friday night, you can go one or two ways, can't it? You either lose and it's the most torrid weekend of all time where you're miserable and sad and horrible to live with. Or you win and you've got that extra spring in your step for the rest of the weekend. And as it happened, it was the latter. And what a weekend it has turned out to be. Also, what a Monday morning it's turned out to be. I was delighted to see that Trish has left the Big Brother house. I was not a fan at all. I saw right through Trish from day one. She was on a personal crusade to win and trouser the £100,000 cash at the end. But I'm glad she's gone now because she was conniving to get rid of people. But yeah, all in all, Good to be here on this grey, gloomy, stormy Monday. For the record, as we've just discussed, I was a Trish fan, but there's been some vile previous tweets surfaced in recent days, so looks like you were the better judge there. It's a good uh, well, good, good series, just... series is set up brilliantly now, though, isn't it? Who is going to win this thing? It's tantalising, isn't it? It's a, it's. a um, I've genuinely no idea who's going to win, which isn't normal when it comes to these TV programmes. You'd You've got an inkling who's going to win, and ultimately, you know, you're just in there to see whether it actually happens. Formality. But this Big Brother series has been superb, topsy turvy. You know, there's been a lot of flip flopping in terms of who's liked and who's not liked. People shooting themselves in the foot, looking like yeah. they're really in with a shout, and then just doing the most ridiculous of things to make everybody hate them. Ultimately, yeah. But yeah, kudos to the casting team of this year's Big Brother. It's been oh, absolutely tremendous. But what a job that is. <laughs> yeah. Find me like the most loose 16 people ever. That yeah. They're all different. You could have a real laugh doing it, couldn't you? Like you could chuck yeah. in some, some absolute idiots in there. Good to hear that Celebrity Big Brother's back. There's been some iconic moments on Celebrity Big Brother over the years. And Indeed. hopefully there's more to come next year. Mm. Vern Troyer driving into the diary room door is a personal favourite. <laughs> My personal favourite's got to be Kim Woodburn howling, you adulterer, <laughs> and Jamie O'Hara. That was absolutely tremendous. You adulterer. You're an adulterer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, tremendous. Kim Woodburn was tremendous. She was one of those people who came in late, wasn't she? So, like, she hadn't built up this rapport with the rest of the housemates. And she, and she did came not care in really, to do so. No, 
did she heck? She came in and really caused a stir in there. There was people genuinely who hated passionately Kim Woodburn, but she made for box office television. It'd be great to see her <laughs> one day to enter like the jungle or something along those lines because she'd be absolutely tremendous. Was she not? Was she not on the jungle? She could have been, to be fair. I don't recall her being on it. Who did Eric um, Bristol make a comment about the vending machine being the favourite machine at the gym? Was that not Kim Woodburn? Question could have been. Good question. Not entirely mm. sure. <laughs> it wasn't. It was Rosemary Schrager. There we go. <laughs> Probably just, the first time ever Kim Woodburn's been confused just, with Rosemary Schrager. I could just picture Eric Bristow in there. Uh, sorry, Kim Woodburn in there. Mandela My abiding memory of Bristow in there was him smoking constantly like a chimney, topless, um, and getting a <laughs> tremendous tan. Great bloke, Bristow, just not necessarily PC enough to... Uh, do well on these programs, but the world's a worse place for Bristol's death, in my opinion. Only on Preston North End Weekly could we start a podcast after beating Blackman 2 1 by discussing Big Brother and I'm a Celebrity. How was your weekend? Was it a quiet one? Um, well, yes and no, really. Right. Town was a carnival atmosphere after Friday. Went straight into Hopwoods and there was this genuine sense of glee in the air. Every time North End highlights came on, there was a roar when the goal went in. It was a really nice place to be, and town was often not a nice place to be, really. There's, like, tension in the air, I tend to find, and, like, yobs out. But, no, there was a, a really nice feeling in the air, in Hopwoods, anyway. I didn't go anywhere else, because you, you sort of fly into Hopwoods, and you, you're still full of adrenaline and, you know, seeing people who've also been on the game, and you're saying, ah, what a great night, what a great melee, you know, unbelievable night. And everyone's just, just really happy and it's great a great place to be and that was great but i only lasted like an hour and a half because i just slumped like when you've been high for like mm. two hours or so it's hard to maintain that same high so uh, i went home about half past one and i was quite happy with that and then relatively quiet saturday watching that procession in Kolkata, where england proved that this this is actually an half decent cricket team I felt quite emotional, to be honest, because I realised that I didn't quite treasure this team as much as I could have. I'm of the opinion that Test is best, but this white ball team has been great to watch over the years. It's been providing some great memories. So that was a relatively emotional time. Then I had a um, retirement do at my auntie's in the evening. So I had a few drinks there, but relatively quiet affair. Really enjoyed that. Spoke to some long, um, long not seen relatives, which was really nice to do. Sunday was remembrance, obviously. So I went to the cenotaph in Penwitham after going to the church. Actually, I went to the church as well to hear Reverend Chris's preaching, uh, and then just took in an absolute plethora of sport on Sunday. You know, we had that unbelievable Chelsea Man City contest, which um, you couldn't breathe watching it. It was mental. Incredible. As a neutral, you were, it just took every last breath out of you. It was an incredible game. And I can't wait to watch Ref Watch with Dermot Gallagher on Sky Sports News today. Said because, nobody uh, ever. You don't watch no. that, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God. So, yeah, what a game. And then we had the darts as well, the Grand Slam of darts on going. It was just a brilliant weekend. Mm. And it all started with that. Incredible night at Ewood Park. Had we lost, it would have been a miserable weekend. But we didn't. It was um, it was great. 
trip to Milano's on your way home or not? Obviously, other end of town may have chosen to ignore it. I didn't go to Milano's. I went to Mix Hut. Um, it's because Martin, as we spoke about a lot on, on this uh, podcast, a friend of the podcast is Martin at Milano's. Be good to get um, him on at some point. Yeah, if you could speak a word of the Queen's, it would be tremendous to get him on. But he, he sort of just communicate with sort of eye contacts and general vibes. grunts and noises. Vibes is a great term for this, yeah. But no, uh, he's got a job. Got a job. He owns the Deepdale Tandoori, I think, now. He's branched out. He's done that well at Milano, so he's now branched out. And, you know, he's he's starting to build a fast food empire in Preston, it seems. So Portfolio. I only tend to go in Milano. Yeah, oh yeah, a real, a real resume, as the French would say. So I went into Mixhut because he wasn't in, uh, and I got a kebab, which um, there's always far too much, and I can eat, but there's always far too much. So they always over um, Asia with the sheer amount of meat. Mm. You must be consuming about Same five thousand uh, calories. Yeah. <laughs> Same with their naans. It's like I just want a naan bread because I think it's really good from there, and. It's like a duvet when you get it out of the pack. It's just like, I'm never, I'm never eating all this. So is that your go-to at the end of the night? You go and get a naan bread? If, I, if I'm near Mixot, yeah. They're, they're unbelievable. Sometimes with, a dipping, sometimes with a dipping sauce. Nice. But that nice. can get really messy. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Especially when you've had a few. I went for a spell a few years ago of getting chicken pakoras towards the daily amount of the night, especially from Milano's. Really, I like, really good. I like something that's easy to eat. So obviously a kebab, you're a bit... Can't really get yeah. it out in a taxi, can you? It could just go all over. So Well, it's a controversial um, topic, trying to get food out in a cab anyway. They tend yeah. to completely lose the plot, don't they? As if you're about to smear it all over the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they quite realise that you're actually just trying to eat it. Like, you're not trying to yeah. go a real mess in the cab. No. But, you know... Yeah, yeah. The kebab was wasn't a great shout, really. I always regret it, but ultimately, it's quite often I take a kebab home or a pizza. I like a pizza. So, lead up to match night, what were you? Uh, what were you on with? Drinking in the day, or were you working? Yeah, um, I was drinking in the day. Uh, went out, and it builds up, doesn't it? It's a long wait for these games. Yeah. Well, I spoke about how I don't like going to derby games without having a drink because I'm just a complete mess at these games. So you don't feel quite as nervous after having a drink. It really does take the edge off. But it was the awards evening for the Palace Shield on Friday. So quite a few of the lads were out in the afternoon prior to going. So I met up with them at about half past one. And we had some lunch in Craft and Crust, which is always good, 1260. Amazing. Yeah, it is good. I got the uh, Indusia and Tuscan Sausage Pizza. And I shared a cheesy garlic bread, which just lined the stomach beautifully. Mm. It really did. I couldn't have hoped for anything better to propel me into a day of drinking. And then just went to Tap and Vine, just had a few in 12.60. It was good. And then obviously my dad drove to the game. And yeah, the rest is history, really. Will Keane into the team for Frockyar. I think you you probably could have put your mortgage on Frockyar not starting this game. But perhaps we thought Ledson was going to come in. So obviously he's gone with the two up front. Yeah, that was the only... Um, is it a shock? I'm not sure whether it is, but um, only slight surprise where you sort of take a backward step. And I think it was um, quite pleasing that he wasn't in the team. That's no disrespect to him. But um, 
Keane's hold at work is tidy and his link-up play is tidy. So you can understand the rationale because Blackburn were always going to have more of the ball. We sort of knew that before the game and we were always going to be slightly more direct as is, as is just the Preston way, really, under Ryan Lowe. Um, and yeah, good to see Will Keane in the team and I think he did okay. He did he okay, didn't, really, didn't he? didn't really stamp his authority on the game, but it was tough to do, really. So, uh, so yeah. Team news, I was I was quite content, to be honest. Mads was never starting this game. just wasn't really a game where you thought Mads will be influential if he starts the game. He's always got that capability to be an impact sub uh, in these mm. types of games. And there are games where, you know, there are games that you'll start him, especially at home, like against teams who are going to try and be slightly more pragmatic than Blackburn will be. So, Well, it's Cardiff at yeah. home after the break, isn't it? I think that's the first game back. You'd, you'd imagine yeah. you'd play that. Definitely. Well, yeah, Blackburn was likely to always be 20 minutes to go, either side still pushing for a winner, I guess. Um, You'd imagine it was going to go that way. So you could understand the thinking. But the game started like a house on fire, didn't it? With blood and thunder, first five minutes. Really good work. It was quality. Yeah, it was a proper advert of a championship football cliche alert. Yeah. It really was a great game, to be fair. The atmosphere was good ish. Poxy started off beautifully by barging their players straight into the advertising hoardings, which is always a good sign. And I was towards that end of the stand as well. And, you know, they had those naughty Blackburn yobs who were holding a Preston flag upside down like some sort of ultras on the continent, which was hilarious. Who who do these people think they are? It's um, staggering. Some sort of mafia from Blackburn. (laughs) Pathetic, really. See what? Uh, I had an upside down flag yeah they've clearly stolen a Preston flag wherever ah, they've been right. during the day and you know they'd they'd commit an act of theft on a Preston flag mm-hmm. uh, and they thought holding it upside down would incense the travelling faithful quite the opposite it's just more yeah. of a laugh really you're looking over these people and wondering whether they're sane in the head wired up um, quite right yeah and it was they who were incensed when Potsy barged their player. I can't recall who it was now, but he, right. uh, he, yeah, he, he slammed him into the advertising hoardings, and it was great to see those those ultra type people were absolutely fuming with what a <laughs> what a take a place, and they all run to the front as if they're going to start a brawl with Brad Potts, um, and they always stop at the hoardings because this is what these people do. They're just yeah. very bizarre individuals. But anyway, takes, yeah. Uh, it takes a special character to break past the audience, doesn't it? Anyway, yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, special indeed, to be honest. Mm. Uh, not in a good way. Mm. But um, <laughs> Nothing will ever beat that guess who's back flag, though, will it? At Bloomfield that day. Oh, that was a special one, weren't it? That, um, that terribly drawn... Was it a sheep? I think so, I'm yeah. I'm not entirely sure what it was. It could have been a goat, to be totally honest. It didn't look particularly like a sheep. And it had some blood and it had like... What else did it have on it? Like a bone or something? It was like on fire, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was um, It was like being at one of these European like a, games. Yeah, like a skull. Yeah. Copenhagen did one of those... Um, it's what they called when they sort of like brandish oh, yeah. flags. Yeah, That's yeah. Man United, didn't they? Um, and... 
I, I always wonder whether whether people genuinely give a toss about these things. Like that flag Blackpool, I was absolutely pathetic. Guess who's back? And then two years later, you're back where you came Guess from, where gone. you've always been, essentially. Yeah. Guess who's gone back to where they belong? Losing at Bolton Wanderers at the weekend. Oh, I tell you what, just on Blackpool for a moment. Have you seen that post on one of their forums that, that surfaced on Twitter? A bloke has bought a book, How to Be a Football Manager, and addressed it to Neil Critchley, sent it to Bloomfield Road. Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. These people are pathetic who have the time to do that. Not just that, but like you've parted with £10 like, to do that. Yeah. So Neil Critchley's not gonna not gonna read that book. Neil Critchley's actually been an half useful football manager for most of his career. But anyway, back to Blackburn Rovers. Yeah. It started off really well. It was a proper Lancashire hot pot. I can't remember who kept referring to it as that around me. But they kept calling it a proper Lancashire hot pot. And um, that was a really nice description, I thought. Mm, kudos to whoever said that. Wow. And what an opening goal it was. I'd seen him peeling off down the left and I'd shouted Brown as Potts has collected the ball and I was just hoping he could get his head up and then execute the pass. And it was just a thing of absolute beauty, wasn't it, from start to finish, really? Honestly. Is it going to be goal of the season? Surely it will. Without doubt. Yeah, without doubt. You could score. Yeah, you could score from from your own area and it wouldn't beat that. (laughs) Just a special moment. Like, my my gratitude and admiration and, like, unhealthy love, really, for Alan Brown is getting weird, really. Like, I'm completely (laughs) also tip for Alan Brown. I really am. And it's a joyful ball from Potts, who's always falling over, but he keeps the balance enough to play this lovely lofted ball to Brown. He's got acres of space. And he takes it in his stride without breaking stride. The touch is a thing of absolute beauty. Takes it away from the defender, which is tough to do. It's onto the left peg, and he's right. He's right footed, isn't he? But he spoke to you boys in the media after and said that he could wallop it with his left foot. Yeah. He smashes it harder with his left foot. And... Um, it was a thundering strike. The keeper had absolutely no chance despite getting a hand to it. What a goal. Special moment. It's a little bit of a shame that it wasn't at our end, but I don't mind it too much because, you know, the Blackburn supporters up that up that end must have been thinking, how on earth has he pulled that off? Special moment. And he gave it some to their supporters <laughs> as well, which he spoke about afterwards, which was great. You just stood yeah, there. It really made me laugh when he went coldly. I I do like doing that. <laughs> Such a soft, a soft Irish accent. Like yeah. you know, those people will have been saying horrendous things to him, and he just stood there like really smiling about it. <laughs> yeah, he didn't really Great. go off too much, did he? He just stood there and like quite coldly, and yeah, just the man in total command of the space. Yeah, and like he had op objects tossed towards him and no doubt hordes of expletives and offensive remarks but yeah that'd be a special moment if I scored at Ewood Park I'd I'd squeeze every last ounce out of it ideally I'd score at their end actually and just yeah I wouldn't quite go as over the top as Garner doing the chicken celebration but I reckon I'd do a little bit more than Alan Brown did but Brown's was a classic celebration especially in a derby where you just stood in front of them taking it all in, relishing every every moment of abuse tossed your way. Class. <laughs> Loved every moment of it. That's my captain. That's yeah. my captain. Unbelievable. Alex, Alex Neal watching really. on from the from the director's box must have been thinking, wow, 
That's a flashback. Yeah, I bet he raised a smile actually. Uh, because he said, that's, Brown said he knew he was going to score. It's like imagine just knowing you're going to score in that in that situation. Superb. To be fair, it really was a moment of clarity. Like a touch was a joke, and then the um, no nonsense finish was the thing of absolute beauty. And then there's that delay in there between the the ball hitting the net. And then you yes. got that moment of like, <gasps> and then the roar that comes from the away end. Yeah. You'll have heard it more, but having watched the highlights, which I don't do, but I must have watched Brown's goal about a thousand times. <laughs> that and the melee from the Blackburn camp, but we'll come on to that later on, no doubt. Yeah. There's that moment of silence where it's only really Alan Brown who knows what he's done. Yeah. And then you just get the um, 6,000 people noise. registering that they're ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. From, mem- from memory, it's, the view isn't the most clear, is it, from, from the away end? But I guess when you're behind the goal at most grounds, that's the case. It's a great Super away end, to be fair. Oh, sort of away end that you can imagine like a massive club like Man United just like loving, really. Like they're... they're away noise that they create is great and yeah. you can imagine Ewood Park being really um, really good for that sort of stuff I thought they were they weren't a bad side were they they were good they're clearly a very good team but I think Alan Brown nailed it that we just kind of were too much in the second half with the physicality and I don't know I'm always wary to say experience but it did feel a bit like men versus boys in the closing stages but we did have to come through that five minute period after they equalised where I really thought oh god I could yeah. see them scoring again yeah, they were bang on top then, and we were we were in like a haze really. Like it was just wave after wave of Blackburn attack. But um, yeah, they're a decent team. They played a purer style than we play, um, and you can tell they're quite well coached. And it's when they've got hordes of injuries, you know, when they've got everyone available, yeah. they'll be quite a useful outfit. So, but yeah, we just did the darker arts better than them really, and ultimately the winning goal. Liam Lindsay, like there was just absolutely no way that he wasn't getting to that ball first. Like, he, <laughs> like a lamppost being driven into and falling down in the street. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you've got Evans come off the bench, who is really good at just ruffling opposition players up. I actually listened to Radio Lanks after the game. How oh, good is Steve there? Amazing. Yeah, he's great. But, um, and the Blackburn supporters who messaged in were actually quite reasonable. They said that Blackburn played well, but it's just the same old story. Like, we just don't really put the ball in the back of the net. So, yeah, they said kudos to North End, who weren't as good as us, uh, but ultimately knew how to win. And I suppose that's the case. Blackburn were probably the better team over the course of the game. Can't really argue with that necessarily. I spoke to quite a few people at half-time at the break, and like they were saying can't really believe we're up at the break. It was just that moment of individual brilliance from Brown because we weren't really the better team. But ultimately, that's a good sign of a team. Like, there is something stirring going on here, I think. Yeah, like, we weren't. We clicked, like, I think someone summed it up well in the press box that Blackburn probably have a higher ceiling than us at the minute, but they're not better than us at the moment. Yeah. Even even yeah, though they really were way. passing and that, I've still felt we had a moment left to win the game. Yeah. We're doing really well this season. We spoke about a few weeks ago about how maybe it was quite a big couple of weeks for Ryan Lowe with the Derby game and then, you know, that run of defeats or games without wins that we'd had. Yeah. Um, but, you know, looking back now, it was a massive overreaction, really. We're in the playoff places after a sustained period of time. This is the second international break. You couldn't ask of any more, really. Um, and we're still missing key players 
like Reese, who's not been with us for ages now, who's a proven goal scorer at the level. It's just really exciting times, I think. We can we can play without much pressure, really. We're just doing really well. And you've got leaders on the pitch. Whiteman coming back in is great. Brown doing what Brown's sort of done for most of the campaign. is unbelievable. Can he keep the levels up? I doubt, but who knows, because he's been unbelievable. So, yeah, I just think we're doing really, really well at the moment. And it's a special time. It's been an all-fem fan, really, I think. Fifth with Southampton, Leicester and Leeds ahead of you, as you, which you'd expect. And then Ipswich, you were kind of this freak of a promoted team just scoring three goals every week. So fifth is some effort. And I guess it goes back to that really good start. You, we always thought if you win, well, when you win six games in a row, it, it does kind of ease pressure later on in the season because you can afford to take a blip and still stay in and around it, which is what we've done. So... And let's have it right. If those results came in a slightly different sequence than they have done, then we'd all be like up in arms about how good a start this has been. It's just that we started the season really well, raised expectations, and then we went on that sort of slump where we played some real good teams. We were lucky not to beat Southampton, but um, yeah, we're back on track now. If anything, the breaks come at a, at an annoying time, really, because we were just starting to build something again. But such is life. You mentioned the subs. It was a lot of the talk online afterwards, but he, ours was spot on, weren't they? I think they brought two players on who barely had a kick and Brady was really intense. Frockyar was just kind of doing what he does, gliding around, sometimes taking a couple of extra touches than you'd want and striking fear into you, but ultimately getting us into decent positions. And, and Evans was just that guy again. He loves playing against Blackburn. They looked pretty clueless what to do against him. He just got on the ball and kind of had a swagger about him. Chad Evans did what Chad Evans does. Steve Bear spoke about it on Radio Lanks after the game. He said, if you're like like James Hill, who... <laughs> was brilliant about James Hill, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, saying James Hill is punching to the Blackburn fans. Two minutes later, the ball's in his neck. <laughs> in his neck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he actually went to Hudson, James Hill, and obviously Matty Hill, so he will have watched a lot of North End. I actually thought he had a pretty decent game, James Hill. But you can imagine when sort of Evans comes on after an already attritional hour or so, 70 minutes, whenever Evans came onto the pitch, you can just imagine a little bit of trepidation creeping in. Young lad hasn't really come up against that nuggety, strong as an Ox player in his career today, who does the dark arts beautifully. Great subs, to be fair. Evans had a real impact on the game. Mads won the header that ultimately got the ball out wide and in, and then Lindsay did the rest. But, um, yeah, Keane Best had another really good game, I thought, as well. In a tricky game, young lad up against a pretty decent team. I thought he had a really good night again. And then there's that awareness isn't there, to bring on Brady on later on in the game. I thought that was a really good sub and to bring Brady on, that experience, that level head. So, yeah, kudos to Ryan Lowe. He doesn't necessarily get the credit he deserves at times because he's quite a, a divisive character but he got it spot on on Friday night and kudos to him who's doing a fine fine job whisper it quietly just listen back to what Steve Ayer said he said Ched brings hope for the visiting supporters fear for the home supporters and he's like having a member of staff on the field which is pretty spot on isn't it good analysis he's worked a lot with him I think has he right I think so I think he spoke about that so yeah, high praise for Chad Evans, who deserves it immensely, in my opinion. He's obviously not ready to start games at the moment, is he? Coming back from a traumatic experience, but, you know, it's good signs that he's able to come on and cause that much of an impact after after that life-changing surgery. Chad is Chad. Chad is back. Good to see. 
I went to watch the reserve game last two, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he got this ball's gone up, like flicked up from a corner. He's going to win the header. The keeper's come from behind. He's absolutely clattered into the back of him, like through his neck, and you're just there, like, oh, please get up. Uh, you suspect he might like that kind of stuff again. I can just imagine the fume of Ollie O'Connell listening to this now who cannot stand Shed Evans. But if you listen, Ollie, I hope you're well, pal. And mm. I, I hope you really enjoyed and embraced the Chet Evans performance on Friday night. I know I know. deep down in your heart of hearts, you'll watch Chet Evans on Friday and thought, yeah, that's a proper sub, a proper game-changing sub. And you would have praised Lowy as well. I know you're a big fan of Lowy too. We spoke about the winner, didn't we? But I don't think we spoke about it enough. Like it. No, we didn't. You'd love to get promoted and play in the Premier League, but these are the moments you've really got to just bottle up and cherish. Like what a what a memory to be there when Liam Lindsay hurled himself at the ball in front of five thousand seven hundred fans and won the game at Ewood Park. And you suspect he didn't really know what to do when he'd done it. He just kind of yeah. threw himself on the floor. <laughs> My brother made a comment uh, after the game when he says you basically like wait years and years for these sort of days or nights where like you score late late in the day at a local derby and like the whole place just absolutely erupts in an explosion of yeah. like limbs and <laughs> celebrations what a great melee it was i'm not even asked about the goal the goal's great lindsay does well like it was always expected that he'd get the ball Nice bit of quality into the box, just to hang it up there. Keeper can't get to it, defender can't get to it, and it's all Lindsay. Yeah. A feeler, Brian Lowe described it. A feeler from Whiteman into the box. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. lovely ball. It really is. That that um, that weight of pass was a thing of beauty, but it wasn't as beautiful as the melee. Watching that video that arose on Twitter in the aftermath, um. Um, an honourable mention to Laurie Brown, who is in an orange jacket. Go and watch it back. If you've not spotted Laurie in this melee, it's incredible. He glides. He doesn't break stride. He goes down about 10 rows. With <laughs> he's, It's like he's walking on water. It's incredible. He doesn't break stride. He's just like lunging onto the back of seats, and he goes, he goes at a rapid rate of knots from 10 rows deep to the bottom, wearing this orange coat. It is a beautiful sight. My dad, I was next to my dad, he's got whiplash, he reckons. I've gone clattering into him. He's upside down on the stairwell, being used as a springboard for people who are rushing down the stairs. He's absolutely <laughs> incredible. I saw him I saw him on Saturday. We went for a few pints, and he couldn't move his neck, my dad. How on earth is a 50-year-old man? In what other sport or hobby? would you get, where a 50-year-old man is experiencing this <laughs> like high-level emotion of joy that you're upside down on a stairwell, legs in the air, still celebrating with your arms, and people are just trotting all over you, like bouncing down to the bottom. The melee was absolutely incredible. It <laughs> really just, was. I've just spotted you, mate. He stands on the back of some... Some kid's neck, doesn't he? Brilliant at the end. That is fantastic work. Can you recall what you did when the ball hit the back of the net? Or is it all just a bit of a blur? As I spoke about earlier on, I, I clattered into my dad, um, who I don't think was expecting it. That's quite naive, really, when you're not expecting a rip. You, you've got to plant yourself. If you're looking to remain upright in these sort of melees, you've got to plant yourself into the ground 
and he wasn't expecting the contact with Dad, hence why he ended up upside down on the stairwell. But I just went flying straight down the stairs. It was it was almost tempting to encroach in the playing area, and it's probably um, <clears throat> a good thing that Liam Lindsay went over to the other end of the stand yeah. because there would have been quite a few people who just wouldn't have been able to help themselves had he come over to us. Luckily, I wouldn't have done that. I don't think I was in a state of consciousness not to run onto onto the pitch on this occasion. But um, yeah, it was a little bit like, which is quite weird to compare it to. I remember the. Um, Country game at Northampton. Ball four. We yeah, we scored in the uh, in yeah. the last minute, uh, um, and the whole place just went nuts. And at the bottom, there were people running in all sorts of different directions, and it was a little bit like that, but on a grander scale. As it happened, Callum Wilson went up the other end and levelled it. I think I think it was Callum Wilson. But yeah, special melee that I I've watched it hundreds of times. That video I can't can't stop watching it. Laurie Brown's the absolute highlight, but there's. Also, like little pockets of people that I enjoy, like picking out and, and watching what they do. You could literally watch it all day and not get bored. I think it was a proper melee done right. The art of the melee is a tough, a tough thing to do, really. But um, and it requires a decent it. end, like Blackburn. Yeah, you'll do well, like to have a real good one at say Middlesbrough, who we've got in a couple of weeks time midweek. Yeah. Although, when. Uh, Stockley scored at Middlesbrough. That, that was a decent melee. There were hordes of people encroaching into the disabled area, which isn't ideal, really. You want them to be safe. But, um, yeah, there were swarms of people. I was, I was thinking that when you were saying about your dad, like, we'll obviously have a lot of fans that obviously want the team to win but don't want to be getting involved with stuff like that like for their own safety. <laughs> so where do they sit? <laughs> you're, probably in the, you're probably going in top tier, aren't you, but? Imagine if yeah, you're, you're quite unlucky, really. You've, you've got to be aware of where you are, aren't you? Right. If you turn around <laughs> and see someone like yourself, then they'll have to reposition. <laughs> Not even necessarily me, but like you sort of know who's going to go nuts when you score, don't you? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you've got to position yourself accordingly, really. But I suppose you can't really compensate for people uh, just flying, flying, gliding down rows. <laughs> Definitely an art form. I never really, obviously, I used to go crazy, but never really was one to sail down rows. I mean, I think I think I'd end up in hospital. To be fair, yeah, so, to be fair, it, you've got to be of a certain ilk to do so. Like I wouldn't be able to glide down rows. I'd land on my head, or you know, I'd have a hundred percent break limbs. Short, um, streamlined, and and quick on yeah, your feet. Nimble, nimble's a good nimble. word for this sort of thing. Yeah, and I, I'm just too clumsy. It would end in tears. Whereas Laurie, who I imagine will be listening, you ought to be incredibly proud of your actions. It was uh, it was a joy to watch. Indeed. Elsewhere, Kian Best called up to England. How good is that? Absolutely brilliant. You know, just Pretty shows cool, isn't it, really shows what a few championship appearances and a bit of hype on Twitter does, as well as some good performances and a, and a decent left peg. You're on the bloody England scene before you know it. Cracking. Good to him. see as well, uh, because he'll continue to get coached to a high level, which is good. Like he already does. Correct. He's really nicely coached. And you can just tell that the, that the group are well coached in that performance at Blackburn on Friday. Yeah. But yeah, Even though he's not in the uh, starting team, the rest of them are coached well as well. Really nicely coached. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's kudos to him, really. He obviously started the season um, due to injuries in that area. And then he sort of spent some time out of the team. And he's come back yeah. into the team. We've done a sterling job. So great resilience, which is 
tough to do, really. You forget what you like at sort of... How old is he? 17? Is he 18 now? I think, he's, I think he might be 18. 17, 18, whatever. But like when the season you, started... You're young, you aren't you then? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're young, you're naive, you're wet behind the ears, all that stuff. Immature, but no, he's carried himself beautifully. And he's a credit to himself, really, and those around him. Um, a credit to the football club, to be honest. And it's great to see, you know, a, a Preston lad come in and play for the club. England under-19s, it's great. Not been many, has there? Like, I think a Lonigan. Oh, yeah, she I can't remember that ever happening. 21s really. and 16s. There was a few I saw tweeted. Can't quite remember who they were. But Andy Lonigan played in the England age group teams. Um, and there'll be quite a few older, but yeah, it's a great achievement for the lad. Kudos, 19s, England. Crikey, every credit. Hmm. But with get that... Him on comes... a new, get him on a new deal. Oh, yeah. So that's the key there, isn't it? Because when you start to get that sort of pedigree, playing championship football at that age, playing England age groups, you're ultimately going to get teams sniffing around you, aren't you? Like Premier League clubs. So it's up to the Riddler now to get him tied down to some sort of lucrative deal where mm. everybody can benefit from it if one day we get an offer that we simply cannot refuse. Mm. Well, Blackburn had one, didn't they? Ash Phillips played a few games yeah. and then Tottenham are in with a two million bid and he's off. I'm sure Peter will have this done before the end of the podcast is finished. Oh, without doubt, yeah. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Oh, there was that lovely picture of Peter, Peter Rusdale. Strolling around Ewood Park like he owned the place in that long, luscious coat of his. I wondered last night whether, so when you obviously play with the poppy shirts on, so they get auctioned off, don't they, for the poppy mm. appeal, I think. Yeah. Will the Riddler be auctioning off his match worn coat, long coat? Because that could go for some serious, serious money, I imagine. Mm. If Peter's listening, which I don't know whether he will be listening, to be honest. But, um, yeah, if you're listening, Peter, please, please auction off that long coat because there'd be many a person with their checkbook handy to, to put in a sizable bid. Have you watched the Access All Areas video? I haven't, no. On PNAFC YouTube? Very good, yeah. They've got a new videographer in uh, called Charlie. Been at Crawley. And he's outstanding. Crawley, Superb. Right. Yeah, Crawley that's, to press. That's a long old hike, isn't it? I take it he's had to relocate. This is the pull of PNE, isn't it? Well, this is it. I suppose when you're at Crawley. When Preston um, North End come calling, you don't say no. Absolutely. You never ever say no, no, indeed. Yeah, so in fact, the media output has been world-class this season, hasn't it, in fairness? Kudos to them. There's been some great content put out. It's like Paul a movie. This, it's like a movie, this latest one. He's got slow-mo. The quality of the video is outstanding. Different <laughs> angles. In terms of when the ball hits the back of the net, probably probably little, but maybe that's a bit of feedback for him, from yourself. Yeah, because I don't really... Do people really care about like the players' reaction in these moments? I always think, like when I'm watching, as an example, yesterday, Chelsea against Manchester City. Like, when the, really when, yeah, you all. want the camera to cut to the, the away end, yeah, really. Yeah, you just want it to go straight to the away end. And like staying there for twenty seconds or so, and you'll just see absolute chaos. There should be a melee cam at every ground. So if there's anyone in the media department at North End listening, kudos. But 
more melee shots, please. Because that's ultimately all we're really asked about. <laughs> it's all about the angle, though, isn't it? And the, them students who put that video on Twitter were in the perfect position, really. They weren't too yeah. far away. A wide shot of just an explosion and then all that human debris everywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's what a moment that was. Brilliant. Brilliant. A point a point would have been fair, wouldn't it? But just a nickel free. I mean, our record at Ewood is remarkable. And there was that dark day under Frankie of just a terrible game in the rain and we lost one nil and Matt on a Sunday went off injured after playing his first minutes. But Incredibly, but sure. I wasn't actually there that day. Were you not? Yeah, well, that was that was rubbish. Creek at Sandown. So my record there is even better than North End's, which is incredible in itself. We just turn yeah. up there and win. And even if we don't win, we get a last-minute draw, which ends up relegating Blackburn. So, <laughs> superb. Yeah, they must look out for that North End game year in, year out, I think. Put me already for I need to make sure that I'm not anywhere near East Lancashire on that occasion. Um, but maybe, maybe they quite enjoy going out in the day and stealing flags off innocent North End fans and holding <laughs> a lot upside down. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe that's where they get their thrill. And if so, kudos to them. Absolutely. But, uh, I prefer going there, laughing at them, taking all three points, and then just getting on with my life after that. Bit of a wait now. We've got Cardiff, Middlesbrough, QPR as the three games after the break, then a long old trip to bloody Norwich. But Carroll Road, as we've mentioned before, is quite the football theatre, isn't it? Indeed. Have you booked your train? Although I think the fans are absolutely up in arms at the minute. They're not doing well, are they? No, I've not booked my trains. Why? Because they've gone up in price starkly, but not that that matters to a man of your means who will be on the expenses noted out of the Lancashire Post. But um, yeah, Carroll's a great place to go watch football, actually. Like the fans are all shirters and it's a bit odd. Like they're like genuinely odd people there. (laughs) It's like in, in East Anglia. But, uh, yeah, that's in like early December. We've got more pressing matters to discuss, really. Cardiff and Middlesbrough will be a couple of tricky contests to come back to. Mm. Uh, Cardiff are doing quite well, aren't they, this season? And then Middlesbrough are having a little bit of a renaissance under Carrick as well after a pretty drab start to the campaign. So, um, yeah, that will be yeah, two be tough. pretty tough, tough games. But if we can get sort of four points out of them, then you'd be absolutely made up with that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, Sunderland half 12, New Year's Day. It's not the news anybody really wants that, is it? Well, it's absolutely hilarious, isn't it, really? Um, I mean, there'll be people yeah. not sleeping and just going straight to straight through. Yeah, it'll be rough, rough that. So I'm not a massive New Year person anyway, but I do tend to go out for it. So, yeah, horrible, really, because it's not, it's not close either. It's like it's two and a half not. hours at least. Yeah. Three hours, two and Three. a half hours. It's like, for heaven's sake, Sky, give us a break, will you? But we're going to have to get used to it, aren't you? Because next season, there's going to be hordes of games on Fridays and Sundays and late kickoffs on the Saturday. So it's going to be a nightmare next season. In but the Premier League, you Well, in the Premier League, or Championship as well, because there's loads of games in the championship being televised isn't there ah, right. it's five I thought you were insinuating games. Ryan Lowe was going to propel us to the promised land well well, I wasn't actually but um, I suppose we are in a, a rather ominous position to do so and 
by extension, we could then hoist the Riddler aloft after sweeping the flag market, which is ultimately every single Preston North End supporter's dream, is to be on that well-swept flag market, propelling Peter Isdale into a summery Preston sky, hopefully wearing that um, long coat of his that he sported beautifully at Ewood Park at the weekend. Crikey, that would be a special, special occasion. <laughs> but we've got lots and lots of games to come. There's a lot of work to do before then. But this is a well-coached group. And maybe, just maybe, we can dare to dream, mm-hmm. which is incredible. As I check my phone here on the 13th of November to say so. 30 games to go. Wow. This could... Uh, who who knows what's going to happen, but it's nice to be there in and around it. And It's uh, highly likely that North End tail off and ultimately come where they love to finish, which is 11th. Although, you never know. And it'll To be, be honest, I, I can't see the top four changing now, and I would imagine three of those will get promoted. But below that, who are you worried about here? So We're massively getting ahead of ourselves here, by the way. People <laughs> are listening to this scratching their heads. I've, I've said that, <laughs> and I've looked, and I've found probably five or six teams that I'm worried about. So, <laughs> let's... <laughs> Let's yeah. just we, hold off with yeah. that shit. But, <laughs> to be honest, Peter Risdale and Lowy, Ray Lowe, have built, have instilled this childish excitement within me. Where, But he's, even, a, he's a dreamer, isn't he? He's almost like a big child in ways. And as you can imagine, I hang on every word he says in these press conferences. He gets incredibly David Brent. I used to, do, I used to like, a dislike listening to his comments pretty much because I just used to think he spoke absolute nonsense but what I've started to quite enjoy about it and like admire about it is that it's so David Brent it's untrue so I actually tune in as like a comedy thing as opposed to like hearing like serious thoughts from your manager but I'm just allowing myself to lose myself in all this emotion it's a little bit like a TV programme at the moment North End Mm. they're doing quite well and obviously they've got a much revered person in Peter Risdale pulling the strings behind the scenes as well. I'm really, really enjoying it at the moment. Uh, it's moments when you, when the manager calls Blackburn's boss Thomas on multiple occasions. That is just gold. Well, he's rattled Neil Critchley this season already, hasn't he? Which is always a good sign. <laughs> I saw the video of Critchley's answer about that. It was absolutely class. <laughs> I thought it was a bit strange. Great. I thought it was a bit strange, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. And now, you know, he's going out of his way to wind up John Dahl Thomason by calling him Thomas, <laughs> which is good as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Hopefully he can rattle Vincent Company at some point. But um, I imagine looking at the lead table of the Premier League currently, Vincent Company has rattled enough. Yeah, that is, they've uh, had that's a been a surprise. I thought, I thought they were going to be decent, but they've been dreadful. Yeah, they've had a fourth and grace, Burnley, haven't they? You know, they went up and there were people hailing this group as the greatest championship team of the time. And never mind, looking over your shoulder, Burley can continue to look up and ahead. And I reckon they'll finish top 10 at Burnley next season. And, you know, they got that Sky documentary and Vincent Companies at the helm and everything's mm. hunky-dory at Turfball. JJ Watt. And in actual fact, it's Sean Dyche who's having the time of his life at Everton. And really, there must be a few Burnley fans out there now wishing they had Deitch in their trench. Aye. 
Yeah, yeah, he's doing remarkable, isn't he? Sean Dyche. I thought Everton were going to have a dreadful season, but wow. Don't write that guy off. Everton fans must be made up like, in the space of just a couple of years. Yeah. They go from Carlo Ancelotti to Sean Dyche. And it's Dyche <laughs> who's having the time of his life at Goodison Park. Any plan during the break for you until the next match? Obviously, you've got some mouth-watering England fixtures to look forward to against Malta and North Macedonia. Indeed, and I'm going to North Macedonia. Wow. With my yes. cousin. With your cousin Ben. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, he's going. Look after him. That'd be a good dude. Well, you're always a good example on these me, trips. Really. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, looking forward to that. I've never been away with England before. I've not got a ticket, but I'm hoping to sort a ticket. I'm not sure if I get a ticket, will I go in the game? Not, not entirely sure, but... I'm just going for the vibes, really. I've never been to North Macedonia. We're going to Bulgaria first as well. Fly to Bulgaria, and then we've got a coach trip to Skopje, which is the capital of North Macedonia. How long does that take? We've got a night. Five hours or so, which Bloody I'm hell. not necessarily looking forward to, but it's quite a tricky place to get to, North Macedonia. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. It's one of those games where like England play like Italy away or Spain away and you know, they don't necessarily jump out at me, whereas North Macedonia is the sort of place that... Well, you're never going there for any other reason, are you? No. That might be so slanderous against North Macedonia as a place. It might be lovely, but I can't imagine you going on holiday there. No, not really. And who else can really say that they've been to North Macedonia? So I sort of like these little things. When did so, it yeah. become North Macedonia? Because in the in the Sumalikovsky days, I'm sure it was just Macedonia. Yeah, so I'm not, not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. Or is South, say, uh, is South Macedonia now called something else? Who knows? You have to look into sure. all this. But they say that Alexander the Great was from Macedonia, don't they? Do they? So it's going to be rich in history, won't it? There was that great line of commentary from the great Sid Waddell about Eric Bristow, wasn't there? He said. Um, Something like when Alexander of Macedonia was 29, he cried, salty as because there were no more worlds to conquer. Bristow is only 27, which is an incredible line of commentary. Yeah, superb. So Greece weren't happy, apparently. Obviously, this is absolutely ridiculous to be talking about, but Greece weren't happy with the name Macedonia. So it got changed. There you go. So Greece is south. Greece is south of North Macedonia, oh, okay. so there must have been some encroachment. I see. There we go. Interesting. And that's our lot, isn't it? We'll end... <laughs> leave people with a bit of history. <laughs> I, went to, I went to Munich on Friday. Have you been? I haven't been to Munich. That'd be a good do. Yeah. I've been to Berlin three times, but never been to Munich. Short trip, and I, thought, I get the impression Berlin's massive, so I thought, probably not enough time, really, to see all of it. So, yeah. Yeah, it is big, Berlin. Uh, you can't really walk from pub to pub in Berlin either. It's it's really? quite bizarre, but quite good for like clubbing. If you have a clubbing in Berlin, it's quite good there. But yeah, you'll have to let me know how Munich is. I hope you have a great time. You're just going for the weekend, Friday to Sunday. Yeah, land at about three on three o'clock on Friday, so it'll be a case of bags down, get out, Straight out, and uh, yeah. yeah, looking forward to it. Going on Allianz Arena tour on Sunday at half twelve, so that'll be interesting. Cracking stadium. Sure it's not. Not too heavy on the Saturday evening, won't you? Mm. Because the last thing you want to be doing is spewing all over the Allianz. <laughs> yeah. 
spewing all the Harry Kane's seat in the dressing room. Tell you what, Harry Kane's having the time of his life out in Munich, isn't he? What a move. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Just getting ready. What's his life? Getting ready Harry for Germany Kane's... before he lifts the Euros next summer. Yeah. Yeah. Kane's actually playing now, and despite having a great career, but he's now playing for a team who who is genuinely quite good at winning things. Mm. Whereas in the past, he's played for Tottenham and England, amongst other loan moves, but they don't really count. Mm. And Norwich. Yeah, Norwich. And Leighton Orient as well, isn't it? But, yeah, they win things by him. And he's, uh, he's having an incredible time. Kudos to him. Great move. Really is a good move, that. Well done, Harry. Superb. Delighted for you, both of us. Yeah. If you're listening, Harry, I hope you're well, mate. Yeah. Uh, shall we check list the people we've suspected maybe listening? How many? Laurie Brown, Harry Kane, Peter Ridsdale, the any media team, and Ollie O'Connell. I reckon about. I reckon two or th- two or three of those are tuned in. Yeah, can't imagine Kane tuning in, but you never know. He might like a slice of home because I can imagine it getting relatively lonely in Munich. Yeah, as an Englishman, but who knows? Would would you? Um, would you tune into Preston North End weekly? Probably not, if I was to wager. But who knows? If I get a chance to speak to him in North Macedonia, I will do, and I'll ask him. So on the next podcast after the Cardiff contest, I will update the listeners on whether Harry Kane listens in. Brilliant. What a reason to tune into the next Lord of Dross. <laughs> Farewell. Yeah, see you soon, guys. the 90th minute and Peony are on the TV you're watching with all your mates and the McNugget share boxes are open for all your pal's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points result order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app are you in? at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com on the McDonald's app We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y dot com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.